Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have you ever wondered about the affluent class and how you might win them over as customers? Well, today we have as our guest speaker, author, and market researcher, Pamela Danzinger, who's internationally recognized for her expertise on the world's most influential consumers, the American affluent. She has a new mini book out called What Do Henry's Want? And we're going to learn what Henry's are. And it explores the changing face of America's consumer marketplace. As a founder of Unity Marketing in 1992, Pam leads with research to provide brands with actionable insights into the minds of their most profitable customers. She's the author of five books total, and she's currently working on a six called Shops That Pop, and she received the Global Luxury Award for Top Luxury Industry Achievers from Harper's Bazaar. She was named a Luxury Daily's Luxury Women to Watch in 2013, and she's a member of Jim Blazing Game, the Small Business Advocates Brain Trust, and a contributing columnist to the Robin Report. Welcome to the show today, Pamela. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, I, let's just get this out there right now. What are Henry's? Well, Henry's are, the name means high earners, not rich yet. And basically, it's a demographic definition of consumers who have household incomes between 100000 and $250,000. Above that, $250,000 is what we call and define the ultra-affluent, which are the top 2 to 3% of all U.S. households based on income. So Henry's are what we would call the mass affluent. They're doing basically better than almost 80% of all U.S. households, but yet they hardly view themselves as luxury class. They are very much view themselves as middle class. And mm-hmm. in today's economy, thanks you know, to the recession, the middle class really lost about $4,4500 in, in, in income over the course of the last seven years. And they have not yet regained it. So, so many, so the middle class has really lost spending power and lost discretion. And the Henry's are like, are basically the new middle class customers, mm-hmm. yet they only represent about 18% of all U.S. households. Okay, so we're still talking, even when you include the uh, families over $250,000, we're still only talking about maybe a total of 20% or one-fifth of the U.S. consumer then when we're talking about the Henry's. Exactly. We're talking about you know, 24 to 25 million U.S. households. I mean, the mm-hmm. top, officially the top 20% is sl- start slightly above $100,000. But, you know, $100,000 is a good, a good cutting point, mm-hmm. cutoff point. So that's what I use. Okay. So, but they're the mass affluent and they have discretion. But again, they're not, they're not viewing themselves as luxury class. And they view themselves very much as middle class consumers with middle class concerns. And they are the new mass market. And and for so many businesses that have traditionally sold to the middle class, I mean, they're seeing their, their market shrinking. So everybody's looking for, you know, where's the next new customer segment going to come from? And to me, the one that I want to call out and bring people 
people's attention to is the Henrys. And, you know, when I say affluent, I mean, there's, there, people get kind of like in their minds when they hear the word affluent, they think, you know, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Right, and right. Kind of, you know, they just, they, they just do not understand that affluent just means people at the top 20%. And again, there, there are a whole lot of people that, you know, make $250,000, earn $250,000, but they don't see themselves as rich or, or wealthy or luxury class. Mm-hmm. They consider themselves very much middle class. Now, let, let's um, uh, clarify something. When you're talking about this 100000 to two fifty, is that household income or is that individual income? That's that's household income. House, I mean, okay. the, the average income in the U- average income in the U.S. is about seventy to seventy five thousand. The median, which a lot of people use, which is a, the actual middle point, is about fifty fifty five. And again, that that segment from fifty to one hundred is not growing. It's actually shrinking in terms of total numbers of households. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, when you look at the demographics, and I have I have a number of white papers on my website that I invite people to come and, and see and download just to look at the sheer demographics. I mean, it's a very uh, it, it it tells a lot because what we're seeing is a growth at households from 25,000 and be under and less, which is the lower income mm-hmm. segment, growth at the very top um, and, and not much in the middle. Right. Why is it that this particular group of people, the 100 to 250,000 earners, household income earners, why don't they feel like they are the luxury market? Is it because this is a new uh, spot for them to be in and that, you know, maybe the, as they were raised or even got started, they, they didn't have this kind of income and so this is new to them and they still have the values and the spending habits of of um, you know their younger days what what is the reason well, for that mindset I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a little bit of the whole stuff plus I mean it's just just the fact that I mean think about the way you know we, Americans live and and the cost of cars I mean just you know you go out and buy a new car I mean a very basic new car we're talking like 25,000 right when I grew up I mean my first car um, my my father and I we had the views but <laughs> <my father laughs> I put in and you know, I paid five hundred dollars and he paid five hundred dollars and I got a thousand dollar car mm-hmm. you know but it was a good car sure. to last for years. But today, it's like the cost of living is so high, cost of mortgages, cost of housing, all of those things are going up and up and up. So $150,000 income, while that puts you within the top 20%, really doesn't buy you that much, particularly if you're living in, a, in an urban area. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is um, the consumer market has really lost an awful lot of its lift coming out of this recession. And going into the recession, I mean, people with $150,000 of household income, let's say, felt, you know, there was there was a sense of exuberance because they saw the values of, the, of their homes rising. But then, of course, the values of their homes, they lost that wealth, that perceived wealth, and they've gone back to feeling very much uh, stressed and strained in, in the economics department. And we're going to see that this Christmas. I mean, the, the, the spending is is much more restrained than the National Retail Federation uh, predicted it's going to be. And I think we're going to see, uh, I mean, going in up to November, if you took out food services and you took out the spending on automobiles, 
the the overall consumer market was down about 0.3 to 0.4 percent, and that's mm-hmm. that's significant. Right, that means you know it's not growing, and it's it's a I well you know it's overused the term new normal, but the fact is that we just don't have enough people to spend money. I mean, we as as small businesses, independent businesses, we're looking for where is the next opportunity, and it really isn't in the in the traditional middle class households that so many of those businesses used to cater to, and now they need to think about reaching up one level in terms of the income ladder toward a more affluent, but again, not a luxury consumer, mm-hmm. uh, but somebody who has some discretion, more discretion than, than the middle class today. Before we start talking about how small businesses, our listening audience, can leverage this group, let's talk a little bit more about the demographics of that group. What kinds of professions are they in? Uh, where are they located within the U.S.? Those kinds of things. Well, you, you find, I mean, the, the Henrys are going to be found more in, uh, in, in more in urban areas. I mean, that's really where you have the highest levels of income. But they're they're living among us, and they're they're in neighborhoods that would be, you know, maybe not gated communities, but in in the, in newer neighborhoods with larger homes. I mean, those would be the where you can sort of target them. And today, there's there's many techniques of using direct mail to to help you find them. And you can you know you can basically easily find them if you look at the values of their homes, um, what kind of cars mm-hmm. they have, uh, and and that sort of thing. Sure. And as a as a group, they're more highly educated. They mm-hmm. tend to be, uh, although this is not necessarily true anymore, but tend to be in white collar um, jobs, sure. professional management jobs, but. But, you know, hey, lots of trade workers, you know, plumbers and electricians make make an awful lot of money and, uh, you know, have, have discretion and, and certainly fall within the Henry's category as well. Right. I would suspect that there's some business owners, too, who uh, small business owners who probably fall within this category as no well. No doubt. I mean, yeah. and that's that's what Costco has based their whole their whole marketing plan on. They understand that the, 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 mo- the wealthiest, I mean, the, the people with the most money in any local neighbor, neighborhood community are those are often small business owners, and that's who they they originally targeted and have been very very successful as a result. And what does what does Costco sell? They sell good stuff for less money, and and that's I guess you know one of the things that I think we need to understand about Henry's is they're not looking to spend as much money as they possibly can. They're looking to find real value. They have more money, they got more discretion, but they certainly aren't about to to go giving away on something that's frivolous or useless. They're looking Mm -hmm. for value and are willing to spend more if the value is there. But that's what you really have to focus on, delivering that value proposition. Is there an age range that jumps out that most of the Henrys are in? Uh, Well, you know, if you look at at the Henry demographics, that's purely defined by age or by, by income. But yet within that 
that income demographic, there are very many different age groups. And if we look at, you know, there, there are plenty of baby boomer Henrys, but baby boomer Henrys are, 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 are sort of, you know, changing. They're, they're, you know, over 50 years old. They tend to be looking toward retirement, tend to be saving, tend to be spending money. They haven't, they've, they've acquired all the material things that they need for their lifestyle. And they're really looking more toward spending on experiences. Mm-hmm. So they are not as good a prospect, the mature Henrys, over 50, baby boomers, than the young Henrys, young Henrys coming up, um, millennial generation and Gen Xers, younger. These are, these are young people that have a, a stronger demand, a stronger need, a stronger desire to acquire material possessions. And, and they are the best prospects when it comes to, to selling things, particularly to the home um, and, and for their growing families. So younger Henrys are a better prospect for smaller businesses than in many cases, not, not all, but mm-hmm. in many cases, than the more mature uh, baby boomer Henrys. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking with Pamela Danzinger about the Henrys and about that affluent class in America, the affluent consumer, although they don't consider themselves to be affluent necessarily. And when we get back, we'll talk about how your small business can leverage that demographic group. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? First, I had to decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more, so I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy, and giving up impossible. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tamika Bryant. And I'm Christy Porter. We're here to talk about real estate that matters. We're going to talk about everything real estate. Anything you want to know from buying a house to selling a house, from investing in real estate to flipping real estate. We invite you to listen every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. or on demand with our podcasts. Right here on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. Just tune in at 9 o'clock Thursday. (laughs) Yeah, squirrel. Can we just do that? Nine o'clock. Don't touch it. Just sit by your radio and wait. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here today with Pamela Danzinger. She is the author of a new mini book called What Do Henry's Want? And I'll have her repeat again just what Henry's stands for when we come back on here. But she's talking with us about the world's most influential consumers, and that would be the American affluent consumer. And it's uh, that range between about 100000 and two hundred and fifty. 
$250,000 in annual household income. We've been talking quite a bit about the demographics and why this is a, a lucrative new market for small businesses to pursue. And now I'd like to talk a little bit about how small businesses can actually leverage this market. But again, for people who may have just joined us, tell us again what a Henry is. What does Henry stand for? It stands for high earners, not rich yet, and it's it's people with incomes from 100 to 250 thousand dollars, which puts them doing better than almost 80 percent of all U.S. households, but they're still underneath the ultra affluence from 250 thousand above, which represents roughly the top two to three percent. Exactly. So they're the mass affluent consumers, and the, what I what I see today is definitely the new middle class consumers because they're the ones that have discretion where people from fifty dollars to $100,000 really are strapped in mm-hmm. today's economy when it comes to consumer spending. Right. So how can our listening audience, primarily small business owners, small to mid-sized business owners, how can they leverage this group? You, you said it's a great group to have your eye on and to target, but what are some of the things they need to consider in order to maximize uh, their uh, time in front of them and, and to win them over as customers? Well, I mean, one of the things that that clearly defines the Henry income demographic is married couples, and most of them have two two earners. So you're looking at a married couple with men and women, you know, husband and wives, both are working. They also have children. They're, you know, raising families. So they're stressed and strapped in terms of time. So one of the key services that you can offer offer Henry's in particular that hits right at their at their point of need is saving them time, helping them use their time more effectively, um, helping them make the most and best use of their time. So it's it's a perfect income demographic to target if you're looking at um, you know house services for the home, landscape services, and so on. But you know other kinds of services too. It really that there's a service component there that I think many small businesses overlook. I mean, small businesses often think of themselves as selling things, and retail in particular looks at, you know, I'm in the business of selling a thing, a good, a product. Mm -hmm. But in the future, and as we look at Henry's, what you really need to do is shift toward selling experiences, not what you sell, but how you sell it and what right. you're really offering the consumer. Yeah. Making it convenient to buy from you, making it easy, uh, flexible so that, you know, whether it's online and they can do it at two in the morning, if that's when they've got the time right. to do it. Right. Yeah. All those things. Well, you know, one of the things that I notice, and it's a particular bugaboo for me, is that, you know, we, Henry's tend to, they'll go out to dinner. I mean, they, they, they spend money at restaurants. But if you walk down Main Streets where the, you know, the best pubs and the best restaurants are, you know, you, I walk all the time, walk by empty stores, you know, stores that are closed when I'm there at 6, 6, 37 o'clock right. to, go, to go to dinner. And it's just like, it's like the, the store hours. I mean, if you just think about, you know, being there when the potential customers are there, and it isn't at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's at 7 o'clock at night. So people really need to start thinking about their business and orienting their business, not for the convenience of the shop owner and their employees, because, 
you know, ultimately that's not the one that that's not paying the bills. It's it's the customers. So orient your business toward the customers. Be there when they are. Be open when when they they are there. And you know, you can do it. You know, tremendous bump to your business if you're running a small specialty retail store just simply by extending your hours. Yeah, you know that's so true. I see that all the time, and it's almost as if there's a mentality that uh, it's still a one household income earner and and the wife is at home during the day and can go run all the errands during the day when in fact she might be getting off at work along with her husband at six o'clock at night they still have to pick up the kids and they don't even start their shopping until later so um, absolutely I see I that's something I complain about myself all the time that small business owners need to to think about that a little bit harder Um, what are some of the um, different ways that independent retailers can engage. So we've learned about some of the things that the Henrys are looking for. Time is important to them. Uh, a lot of the, even people who sell, pro- or companies that sell products can also uh, win them over with a service. But but what are some of the other ways that independent retailers can engage Henrys? Well, you know, again, I I, I do a lot of work with, with small specialty retailers, and that's what my new book, Shops That Pop, is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a new white paper on my website. Uh, about It's entitled, Small is the Next Big Story at Retail. I mean, the, the fact is, again, Henry's have discretion. Again, they're not rich, but they got discretion. Mm-hmm. And they are, when they go shopping, when they make the choice, place to step outside their door and go shopping, they're going and looking for a shopping experience. They don't need to step outside their door when it comes to buying another product because all they have to do is go on Amazon and get it delivered to their door. Right. So they're looking for an experience and that's that's the key and that's what specialty retailers who are on Main Street that offer a different kind of shopping experience than the ones that you find at the mall really can excel at and that's where you really, again, focus on on how you sell rather than than just what you're selling and really making an experience, you know, just excited when someone comes through the door and making them feel at home and making them feel welcome and not trying to compete, you know, price for price or product for product with the stuff at the malls, but recognize that you really offer something special and something different and make that the core of what you of, of your shopping experience. It's about that shopping experience. Part of it, of course, is being open, but a part of it is really just being delighted to have them in the store and well-trained staff. I mean, uh, you know, again, you don't find that at the mall when you go into to a mall store and you find you know kids that you know really could care less they just want to get on with their lives and you know playing with their cell phones you want you know that's you can really make a difference if you create and shopping experience in your store and recognize how important that experience is. Yeah, consumers today uh, across all segments are much more savvy when it comes to shopping, when it comes to expectations. And this group in particular, uh, you've mentioned earlier in the first half of the show, they're more well-educated than other uh, groups. And so you really don't get a big, uh, what do I want to call it? You really don't get a lot of time to impress or to make that uh, impact on them. You know, the kind of first impression is is what you've got and that's it. And if you blow it, then you probably aren't going to get them back in your store or uh, get them, retain them as a customer if you even get them the first time. 
Right. Yeah. So you have, you have to engage them and interact with them. And just saying, hello, how may I help you, isn't going to get you very far. I mean, what you want to do is have some sort of unique way of greeting your customers. Um, and that engages them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a personal thing. I mean, it's hard for me to sort of, you know, make a, you know, a blanket statement, do this, do, do that. But I can say, don't simply say, how can I help you? Because the fact is, they are looking for something <laughs> much more intangible than just a new handbag or a new sweater or, you know, a new candle. They're in your store for an experience and you want to make them feel it. So you have to kind of be like a hostess, like you're greeting people in your own home and how you have to make people feel comfortable and welcome and that's, that's that, you know, person-to-person, eye-to-eye kind of contact. And store owners, I mean, one of the biggest mistakes that I see at retail, too, besides not being open when the customers are, are, are around and on the streets, is that they spend most of their time in the back room doing mm. all the ordering and the, you know, looking at the books. And when the store owners, you can hire somebody to do that stuff, the inventory and the back room stuff, but you can't hire anybody who can greet your customers the way you can and you need to be on the selling floor you know as much time as possible greeting and interacting and modeling the way you want your customers to be treated for your staff and and they will follow you if if you, you show them how it's done not hiding in the back room doing doing the, the paperwork. Right. If And we're out of time here. I know we could talk forever. If somebody wanted to learn more about this particular group and how to engage them, you've mentioned white papers on your website a few different times. What is your website and how can we access those and any other tools you might have on your site? Well, I, I welcome you to come to my website. It's called, it's www.unity.com marketingonline.com that's unitymarketingonline.com and again I have white papers I have several books including the new mini book What Do Henry's Want which is a quick read but it really gives you know lays the groundwork for understanding who this demographic is and how important they are to the consumer economy you know now and, and for the future so unitymarketingonline.com you can go out there and find Pamela Danziger's white papers and ebooks and other tools that she has out there for helping your small business engage with the Henrys. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it too. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.